Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Finance First podcast brought to you by and for Agents of Fortune. I am your host, Davis Fascinella, and today's segment is not going to be my formal segment. I just like to talk, uh, take the time to talk about the start of the week in the markets, starting with today, as well as provide a general market forecast for the week. So with that being said, uh, I'd like to roll right into our segment, which is going to be all about what's driving the markets this week. Now, I want to talk a little about a little bit about indexes. Now, an index would be the Dow 30, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ 100. Now, these are called broad-based indexes. These are the general gauges that are used for an evaluation of what the different sectors of the market are doing. Now, the Dow is obviously what we refer to as blue chip, large cap industrial companies. The Dow is 30. Uh, It could be a company like Amazon. It could be a company like Caterpillar, for example. Now, the S&P is 500 mid to small cap companies. So they're smaller companies without as big of a price tag, we'll call it, associated with them. Now, with that means that they have less volume in their trading. And the NASDAQ is your tech companies, they're your chip makers, they're the people that are doing the technical companies like blockchain, all that good stuff is associated with the NASDAQ. Now the Dow was down 157 points or a little over half a percent today. The S&P was down pretty marginally at 3.55 points and the NASDAQ was up 27.51. Now the reason why the Dow was down and yet it's not a negative down is because the Dow is going through an adjustment phase right now where the company which has what's called asset allocation and this rolls right into another segment that I'm going to be talking about later but we'll focus on this one right now the Dow has these 30 companies in it that weigh on the price of it one of those companies is a company I'm sure many of you or all of you are familiar with that's called Boeing Boeing is a aerospace defense company Now, half of the Dow's decline today came purely off of the price drop in Boeing. Now, the reason why Boeing's prices dropped is because whenever there's geopolitical peace, we'll call it, like what's going on right now with the diplomatic talks between North Korea and the United States, where we're talking about the denuclearization of Korea, we're talking about putting an embassy there, we're talking about some positive things that really have never been discussed in the history of that country, right? So the way that that weighs on aerospace defense companies is that the need for defense sector, like the rockets, like the jets, like everything that we use in the perception of the threats that are facing us in the world, North Korea and their nuclear program obviously being one of the larger threats that we face, is that now when there's not as large of a need for those companies, the price drops. That is what it impacts the the uh, aerospace sector is by the demand in which their products are going to be needed. Products being military products for the most part. Now, obviously, you could tell that if we're going to be signing a peace treaty with our biggest adversary right now, that's obviously going to really drum down the demand for aerospace and defense products. Now, how that impacts on mutual funds, ETF and the other various forms of what we call managed monies is that each each one of these managed monies 
has what's called what we call an asset allocation structure to it. That means that if you take 100% and you turn it into a pie chart, we'll call it, you could take each one of those percentages and turn it into an individual position. So you could have 100 1% companies in it. Now that's usually not the way that it's structured, that's just an example. Now the way that it's normally structured is that there would be one large, large, large company like an Amazon, like a big large cap company that generally speaking has what we call low volatility to it. Now this blue cap, or this, uh, yeah, this large cap company, blue chip company, typically has a larger asset allocation percentage to it. It could be 4%, it could be 5%, it could be 3%, it doesn't really matter, but it has a larger percentage to it than all of its other companies that are associated in the portfolio. Now, when you have one of your larger companies go down in price, that really makes the general portfolio, now that you're having one of your larger positions from an asset allocation standpoint decline, it makes your portfolio look a lot worse because one position is dragging it down. Now, in order to prevent that from happening, what a lot of these companies will do is, is they'll go through an adjustment period where they either lower the asset allocation of that one position being in that portfolio, or in sometimes in extreme cases, they'll remove it altogether. Now, obviously, in order to make that adjustment on such a large institutional level, you're having people doing a lot of selling. So that's where you see most of this decline in what we see in the Dow and what we see in some of these larger positions is, is now these people's hands, these managed funds and these money managers now are having to adjust their positions. Now, sell-offs at an institutional level have a much greater impact than they do at the retail level, which is why we see that one position can really impact, you know, to half or 80, we'll call it, of the Dow's 157 point decline. Now, the reason why that's not a bad thing is because it's short term. So that really only pertains to today and maybe even tomorrow, which I, you know, I said in my tweets, I gave a warning that I foresee this going into tomorrow. Most likely they'll have another day of adjustments or adjustment period. But after that, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are what I perceive to be as total growth days. So what I'm going to be doing on tomorrow going into Wednesday is I'm going to be looking at where I can dollar cost average down in some of my positions to get ready for what I perceive to be the inevitable growth that's going to come on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you'll have to go back to my last podcast if you're not familiar with dollar cost averaging because I really don't want to tie too much time up with this. But on my last podcast, I talk about how you dollar cost average. Now, other than dollar cost averaging, though, some t- some people who have their money on the sideline could take tomorrow as a chance to get in before the inevitable growth period that's going to be coming. Now, I until I get to the weekend, I won't be able to tell you how long I perceive that growth period to be, but my general outlook from Monday, which is kind of the point of this podcast, is to say that I think that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are going to be growth days. That's going to be days that we end on a positive note, it might be 100 points plus, it could be 400 points plus, I don't know yet. And frankly, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic from the standpoint that I'm going to do what I would always be doing anyways, which is improving on any of my down positions. But at the same time, I'm carrying forward the perception that 
despite whatever happens tomorrow, I see the light on the end of the horizon, which is going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, that's half your week. So you can have a positive outlook for the week while knowing that there's going to be some negativity associated with it. Now, since there's nothing geopolitically that's drawing this negativity, whereas, you know, this is in many cases deemed to be positive more so than negative, there's also another geopolitical aspect that the United States is currently negotiating their tariffs with the European Union. So, with that being said, you know, you could almost say that, okay, well, once I, as I'm carefully tracked this, it's not all based on geopolitical news. I mean, any one thing can happen within the prospective company that you're looking at that makes the price go up or down, more so than the broad-based indexes would have an impact on it. But generally speaking, if the NASDAQ's up 100 points, most of your NASDAQ positions are going to be up. If the Dow was up 400 points, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find a Dow position that's down. So, you know, when you carry forward that state of mind, you're really thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to do what I can in the time that is allotted to me, because you can't, you know, I mean, although it's a 24-hour market, you don't get 24 hours of trading. So you want to take the time that you have to look at your positions, look at your watch list, and say, I'm looking for this position to move this period. And what I want you guys to avoid doing is do not put in any limit orders. If you work all day and that's really the only choice you have, then maybe I understand. But if you're putting in a limit order because you think that it's safer than you watching the position, I promise you it is not going to work in your favor. Limit orders are the worst thing because they're... Believe it or not, trading is not all robotic. There's a human trader called a principal market maker at the Wall Street, you know, on the New York Stock Exchange and Wall Street that is doing what's called making the market. Now, when these people are making the market, they decide when people do buys and when people do sells. And that's a much larger uh, system that I really don't have time to explain right now. But the gist of what I'm saying is, is that your limit order can be traded around where they could take you out at the very bottom only to take the price right back up or even further down. It really depends on what they're trying to do and who the trader is. So you really want to avoid doing anything limit order. Um, you can do what we, what we call mental stop loss orders on the downside if you or even on the upside if you think that you want to get out at this price because there's a chance that you when you're not watching it it could pull down then yeah maybe you want to put a stop loss order in or on the downside too if you think that you're that there's a chance you're going to lose money and you want to get you know you want to make sure that you get your stuff out this kind of goes against the principles that I was discussing where you don't want to sell into the lows but Maybe if you if you have a position that's what we call stagnant, it's not moving, and you want to get into a better position, you can roll out of that position, get your money out, and get ready to go in on a buy side on uh, Wednesday or even Thursday. I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. So that's kind of what it is I want to be talking about on these Mondays. I want to be kind of giving you guys what I saw happen today because I have a very firsthand perspective of it. And then I want to kind of give you what my opinion of the market outlook on the week is going to be so to summarize i think tomorrow will probably be kind of a choppy day like today was not driven by negative uh impulses from external factors it'll probably be just what we saw today just an adjustment period then i perceive wednesday thursday and friday to be pure growth period it's going to be a very uh you know bull market you're going to see is pretty much a bull market 
So um, that's pretty much all it is I wanted to talk about today. Um, I just want to let you guys know again that this is not my formal podcast. I'm still going to do one on Friday. And uh, preferably I want to try to do these Monday and Friday podcast thing. I think that's kind of a good idea. Um, I'd like you guys to let me know how you think about it. Um, I'd also like to say that I've really appreciated the po- uh, the feedback I've gotten on the podcast over the past day or two. Um, it's really helped me a lot, and I've gotten pretty good indications from people that I trust, you know, their opinion, and that they're not just going to slang mud at me because I'm my own worst critique, I promise. But from what I've been told, you know, not a lot of problems with the length of time of the podcast because people have been kind of listening to it on their way to work or listening to it in the morning. You know, they're not as concerned with it being long. And I I respect that because it would be not considerate to you guys for me to have to shorten these concepts. I'm sure many of you who know me in person know I'm pretty long-winded. But um, I also try to illustrate a lot of the things I'm talking about in these podcasts on my Twitter as well. So I encourage you guys to go follow me on my Twitter if you don't already. Uh, my at name is at Rockefeller Darv. That is R-O-K-A-F-E-L-L-A-D-A-R-V. Rockefeller Darv. And um, I just want to say, you know, other than that, um, the help that you guys have been giving me and promoting, you know, retweeting and liking my content and helping me get it out there, I, you know, that speaks so much, so much volume to the kind of listeners that you guys are, the kind of supporters that you guys are, and uh, I really appreciate it, guys. Like I really do, uh, because this is something that I'm doing for myself, but it's also something that I really want to do for you guys, because many of you are my friends and my peers, and I truthfully want to see you all succeed in what it is you're doing investment related. That's kind of why I've kind of branded all of the viewers my agents of fortune. We're all agents of fortune because we all are agents of our own fortune. So that's sort of my uh, my little spiritual message I'll leave with you guys is that we're all very fortunate indeed. We live in a, you know, in a great country where we get a lot of opportunities to invest in things like the bull market right now so i encourage each and every one of you to reach out to your friend reach out to a brother a sister a cousin an uncle uh you know a niece a nephew anyone that you know that you think could benefit from listening to this podcast or listening or talking to me i really appreciate if you guys could put this in front of them have them you know reach out to me if they have questions or you can reach out to me on their behalf if you have questions uh, you know, that, that does all, you know, the things and more that I need for this podcast to do in order for it to grow and for me to reach, you know, a larger audience. So uh, to wrap things up, um, I'm going to have my second podcast or rather my third podcast technically, uh, you know, segmented and it's going to be pretty, you know, I got to have good content. I'm going to name drop some of the stocks that I've been working with so that, you know, um, I'm kind of going to break from my pr- proprietary bank of knowledge in order to give you guys some tangible positions to work with so you can see that these aren't all hypothetical things I'm talking about you're going to see just what positions I've been doing a lot of the stuff I've been talking to you guys with and through that you'll have the ability to go research some of the stuff on your own and kind of see you know just how much you agree or disagree with the stuff I'm talking about okay so um, this is Davis Fascinella. I appreciate you guys for listening. And this is the Finance First pod- Podcast brought to you by and for Agents of Fortune. Thank you guys and have a great night.